Roselli Northern supports upstate New York construction with over 400 employees, 250 trucks, nine ready-mix plants, four blacktop plants, and 40 aggregate mines. But their most important number is your bottom line. Contact them today to see why Roselli Northern has been the choice for contractors and project managers across upstate New York since 1929. Football centric episode. We have not breaking at this point, but NFL news on a Wednesday like this, um, we get to talk about that because uh, it's a hectic morning for for the for the folks who uh, handle all that. So we'll jump into that third week of Bull Mania, and um, we're gonna do a mini quasi review of sort of the Iron Claw. So uh, we haven't yeah. we haven't done. I haven't had a spoiler alert, alert in a while, Mick, but uh, we get to have one uh, today by the end of the show. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, another show in the books. Uh, a little delayed today, but <laughs> only if you're watching live. It's true. But, uh, yeah, I think I forgot about the show for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. It's happened a couple of times, but. Uh, back back during the, the extreme night shifts. Yeah. As I caught, there was a couple of times maybe in there, but yeah, it's been a while for you. In fact, this is the the slot that we went with because of because of you, even so. Yeah, how about that? and the reason we did the ten o'clock slot was because of you yes. back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I'll blame the week. You know, Christmas on a Monday, right. thinking it's Tuesday. Sure. Thought about the podcast this morning, just did other things, and just slipped my mind. But here we are right now, talking football week sixteen seventeen. Yeah, so let, let's kind of get into it. Um, it's weird. Like, I feel like we got to start because I think the main stuff from the weekend really has more to do with, like, the playoff picture than anything else. Um, again, you know, it's kind of kind of tough. I didn't think – I don't know if – it's funny you bring up, like, the holiday portion. Like, I don't know if it's just because of Christmas on the Monday, which means Christmas Eve on Sunday and everything, but, like, it kind of – Having more or less four straight days of, like, football like that was kind of tiresome almost. Today. Yeah, it was a lot. Like, it definitely felt oversaturated. And I remember when the schedule you know? came out, I was looking at that week, and I was like, week 16 is crazy. Yeah. And it just – it felt like a ton of games. And it ended up being and feeling like a ton of games. Like, I – now, obviously, it's a little bit different. Usually, most Sundays, we watch together in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but with it being Christmas Eve that we just didn't this year, and obviously, you know, not not going to infringe upon family events on either one of our end with that. So I know you were still able to watch Red Zone to, to some degree. I, I wasn't. I was kind of stuck with the whatever was on TV portion of it. And even then, like Cleveland-Houston was the game, for example, locally on CBS here, and that was just a blowout like that just was not a fun game to watch and then they move over to Seattle Denver but like halfway through the fourth of that Cleveland Houston game like they usually do and that game albeit close like was just not great (laughs) 
And then after that gets over, they move over to Commander's Jets. And although your team. A, a perfect example of it, even though that game was close, was not great. <laughs> like, they did get the loss, though. Right. Thank God. They played um, I, no, we want them to tank. They couldn't even tank right. But they played but well and they lost. What, what are you complaining? Any, anyway. My point being is, again, just another week of not great football. And it just kind of tied in, like I said, with, like, obviously there was no game on Friday this week, so it's not four straight days, but it just felt like four straight days. You know, that Thursday night game between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh was, it was all right, but nothing special, you know. And then you move to the Saturday slots. Um, and, or, well, no, apologize. Cincinnati-Pittsburgh was Saturday, Saturday afternoon. The Thursday game was that New Orleans Rams oh, game that yeah, was just I mean like a while ago yeah nutty um, Bills Chargers was close even though it shouldn't have been and I just I don't know and then the Monday thing on Christmas Day I don't know how you feel about it but I really hope they don't do something screwy with it since Christmas Eve I think is on a Monday next year yeah. so I just hope I would assume it's, it's just going to be the one game yeah on Christmas Eve next year. That's how I was. Yeah, I would assume that's how they'll do it. And uh, but you know, it was it was a lot of football. I mean, you're talking about 12 teams got their own slot. Yeah, it was. I don't think they call them prime time games, but there was six games that were only going on right. at the only game going on six times this last week. So schedule is hectic, but uh, you know, people. I mean, it's. A lot of parties on Saturday, Sunday for the holidays. So, I mean, it's nice to have football on while those parties are going on. I think that's what the NFL tries to shoot for when they do these type right. of things. And obviously, once college football regular season ends and the conference championship, whatever, but they start playing the Saturday games, and now they're just Saturday throughout the yeah. rest of the season besides last week. But, you know, they're, they're trying to have foot. They would love to have football on every single day of the week. They just – they just physically can't. They did during 2020. They did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's kind of get into that playoff picture stuff now. The AFC really is the one that is getting the most attention and should, and we had a bit of a shake up there. The Bills launched themselves from 8 to 6. That's in. Because of the Colts losing and the Bengals losing. And now the seven spots where you have, a bu- you have four teams lock in at 8 and 7. And – a lot to be decided. Still, only two AFC teams, for that matter, have locked themselves into the playoff picture, that being the Ravens and the Dolphins. So it will be pretty interesting the final couple of weeks here. Obviously, now, if you're the Browns, you know, again, I go back to this, kind of have had them just locked in the past few weeks because it's just like they have the best record of the wildcard teams, and if you go by record, they're the third best record in the AFC <laughs> anyway. So it's like – Kind of hard to imagine them falling out. Um, now they still have the game in hand, obviously, on, on Buffalo, which is big. But we'll see how well they actually shake out here. And like I said, they, they'll be fine. It just kind of sucks that they're put into that slot. Like, I'm just happy to see that, um, you know, the NBA's kind of gotten away from the division leaders outright being the top seeds. I mean, they lock in, but, you know, either way. Um yeah, I like the position Buffalo's in. They go into this weekend to England, and, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a trap game, but, you know, rivalry game, you don't know what's going to happen. Lost them earlier this year. Right, so. Different Buffalo teams. Yeah, and it's also different Patriot team, too, even for that matter. 
Yeah, but uh, it, it will be interesting. Um, you know, the AFC's kind of showing. I know the AFC playoff picture. I mean, it's kind of top-ish heavy, where it's kind of convoluted up a little bit. Um, the only team outside the playoffs yeah. right now that I think is a threat in the NFC is the Vikings. And with, mm-hmm. with Nick Mullins as the quarterback, I just don't see it. So, I think you're looking at the seven teams that are in right now is the NFC playoffs. Yeah, I I can't imagine anybody really kind of breaks through there, right? I mean. Green Bay, that was weird. This, that came out yeah, there? Yeah, well. I guess it's suspended. Yeah, I mean, I was going to kind of get to that here when we get to the quarterback stuff, even though he's a cornerback. But, yeah, I mean, but the NFC, though, right? I mean, you have the Lions who locked in. They have their first division title since 93, nice. which is great um i think you picked them last year but cow yeah cowboys eagles are pretty much locked in not playing well though no san fran not playing i mean they were and then stinker yeah but they're locked in um tampa bay locked in well locked in i think they're the best team in that division well not saying much but but who knows i mean then what's he got in there Right, the Seattle on the Rams. Seattle on the Rams. So, yeah, I would. I don't even know if I even consider Minnesota just the way they've played. They're a game back of Seattle know. on the Rams right now, and technically, aren't the Falcons seven and eight still? Right. The Saints are seven and eight. They're all seven and eight. I just not seeing any of them. They aren't good. <laughs> no, Green Bay. Yeah. Like I mentioned. Yeah. They're there. They're not going to be there very long. I just – none of those teams are even going to threaten in the playoffs. I don't even know if the Rams and the Seahawks are going to threaten in the playoffs, but they're better than those teams. Yeah. I would consider Minnesota, but Minnesota has a huge quarterback situation right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, they're just too big of a question mark. Yeah. But that guy's done a great job with them. McConnell, mm-hmm. done a great job with them this year. Yeah, I mean, if I, I feel like if it was – if they were like one spot above – he might have a case for coach of the year, but I think Stefanski has it in Cleveland pretty well. In theory, he should have yeah. it locked up. I mean, I mean that, people thought the Lions yeah. were going to be good this year, so no, I don't think anyone expected a ten and five Browns team. No, not now even with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback. I don't think people expected him to be this good. Oh no, probably not. I mean, think about the injuries they've had too. It's just, jeez. I mean, Nick Chubb's basically been gone the whole year. Yeah, so. It's good for them. Yeah, let's get into the stuff that's happened today. Um, you, you kind of brought up, let's do it, the Jair Alexander situation here. Um, guess, I don't, it's very confusing. I think to it's me. an overreaction. By the Packers? Yeah. 100%. 100%. So, uh, background. Going to overtime against Carolina. He goes out as one of the captains. It was opening. I was told it was the overtime one. Oh. I don't know. I thought I saw, I thought I saw it was opening. Either way, it was for one of the kickoffs, yeah. right? And I guess he was the one who called the thing, even though he wasn't supposed to. And um, I guess there were some comments also made post game that him and Lafleur were kind of going at it. But here's the thing: Jair Alexander's from Charlotte. Game was in Charlotte, so I don't know what the deal is. I'm guessing there was some lost communication type stuff. I think it's one blow of the proportion, probably both ways. Now we don't have. I don't know. I, I haven't been able to look, obviously, because this happened pretty close to the start of recording here. But be really intrigued to kind of see what the response is from both sides. I know the suspension is team and not NFL, so it's the One team game. doing it. 
um, which is <coughs> stupid to me. Of two weeks left in the year, uh, but do you? You're the Packers. You think you're better than everybody, and well, go to go handle your stuff on that one. But yeah, I think this is a case of um, probably some guys want to show that they have quote unquote authority when um, they don't. Yeah, I just don't don't know if you'll be in this same spot this time next year. You know. Yeah. Um... I think they should have just talked to him instead of just flat out right. suspended him. But it, they probably have – he's not a big-time player, so they probably have had problems he's with him. big enough, though. But they probably had problems with him all year long. I guess. He's probably a head case a little bit just to – I don't know. I don't follow the player, so I can't make any judgments. But it sounds like the Packers – I mean, they just go out and suspend them one game, not right. just, like, talk it over. So, it sounds like they've talked to them about other stuff. So, right. yeah, it's just – it's just uh, – yeah, it's just a guy who thinks he's – I mean, he, he, he does th- – he thinks he's better than the Packers. I mean, you're, who told you to go out there, you know? It's just – I don't know why he would think he was allowed to go out there and do the coin flip without, like, discussing with at least the head coach first, so – I mean, the head coach is in charge of the players, so uh, I would not have suspended him. I would have just sat him down, talked to him. You can't do that, and go forward. But a little bit of overreaction on the Packers. Yeah, I'm trying to see. There's no no quotes or anything as of right Didn't now it just happen today? I'm kind of seeing. Yeah, I mean, it happened within the past hour, two hours here. Um yeah, I mean, there's I got no I got no quotes right now from from either side at the moment, um, unless I'm just kind of missing something, which I guess is kind of possible. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess it also came down to just what I was looking at quick: uh, the fact that he chose defense instead of offense when they won the tip when they won the flip. So hmm. I don't know. Again, seems a bit overblown on, on all fronts, Yeah, in my opinion. All right, let's get to some quarterback stuff here. Let's begin, I think, with the big name element of this one being Russell Wilson, bench for Jared Stidham in Denver. Uh, obviously, they lost uh, Sunday Night Football on NFL Network <laughs> uh, to the Patriots on game uh, near game expiring field goal. Um, yeah, this one's interesting. I mean, we had the discussion on here uh, about a month, two months ago now about Russ and uh, kind of comparing him to other quarterbacks throughout his time in the NFL. And I don't think his time in the NFL has necessarily come to an end, but uh, I definitely think the time in Denver's come to an end. It seems like this is more – it seems like this is more financial-based than, than actual gameplay-based, although um, – if this was like a month and a half ago, two months, I would be like, yeah, probably was performance-based, but the way he's played recently, I don't, don't necessarily see it. So um, I'm guessing his time in Denver's come to an end. It's interesting, though. Him and Sean Payton the past few weeks have definitely been barking at each other. So, again, definitely think this is financial-based, but part of me in the back of my mind feels like Sean Payton playing, the, playing a bit of that petty card that we know he has, like, it's very, very, very interesting situation at Mile High right now. Yeah, I think it's a little distracted uh, by the Patriots because of the record. Mm-hmm. That defense isn't that bad. Right. Patriots defense is not terrible. So, 
it's not surprising they struggled the other night. But you see this a lot, though, with quarterbacks. It's kind of weird that the Broncos aren't they're, – they're, they're not making the playoffs, but they're not officially eliminated, so it kind of came as a little surprise to me. I mean, they're part of that 8-7 and seven pack. Yeah. They're 7-8 now. Oh, that's right, yeah. They're 7 Yeah, they're with the Raiders. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we see this all the time. They try to give a guy a shot at the end of the year, a team that's not really going anywhere, just to see what they got in them. Because we, we know we have in Russell Wilson, and I wouldn't say this is the end of his Denver career, but it's obviously the end of the season. Oh, I think it definitely is the end of his Denver career. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't, I I don't think, think we back. Here's the thing. I don't think you make this move. And if it was an actual like young quarterback, we haven't seen. I'd believe that what you're saying. But Jared Stidham. Yeah, we I mean, know. The Patriots have tried him and nothing. And he's a very capable backup quarterback. Like, don't get me wrong, but like he's not a future guy. Like this is to me. This is just solely financial. Maybe they're, they're trying. To, I think they're moving on from him. Maybe they're trying to humble up Russell Wilson. He's been humbled up a lot the last two years, but I don't know. I just heard a lot about Russell Wilson. And him being a little egotistic, oh. uh, I don't know. It's he seems like a hard guy to coach. He yeah. seems like a hard guy to play for, play with. I'm not gonna say it's the end of him in Denver, but this is a big bump. I again, I miss. I think I just have to disagree with you. Like I, I don't think they make this move if he's, if he's around for their. He's their starting quarterback for 24. I just – I, it makes no sense to bench him when you're in the middle technically still of the playoff hunt and everything. And it's, it's, it's true. It's financial. It's they're moving on from him, not working out. Where's he going? I do think there's an element of petty involved with Sean Payton and him at the moment. So, I think that's happening. You going got back to big, Seattle. Two big egos there going at it. Where does he go from here? I guess it depends kind of how the situation plays out. If he gets – obviously, if he gets – Waves slash cut. I mean, he can go anywhere. Uh, but maybe go with Magic Johnson. No, I think Washington will go young, and so obviously we'll get to them in a second as well. What would you do? While we're on, we're on the Russell Wilson thing still here. Um, do the Patriots make sense? I don't know. I think Russell Wilson needs to hang it up. You think, like, done, he's cooked completely. <laughs> yeah, stop cooking, Russ. Uh, he's just – I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that can carry a team to a playoffs anymore. So. Oh, I mean, yeah, that time is definitely come and gone at this point for him. Yeah. So who's going to give him a chance? I say it's yeah. time for him to hang it up. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I think – his best days are definitely behind him at this point. I don't. I know. think Denver's going to give him another chance. That's my agree. I just I don't see it. I don't see it. We'll agree to disagree. But on if that. Denver doesn't give him a chance, I don't know who will. I mean, somebody will. So you think the Patriots somebody. would be a good fit? I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a good fit, but like, <laughs> you ask who who would pick him up? Like, I mean, New England's definitely probably will be in the quarterback market, barring a. Really weird miracle on their end. I mean, maybe we'll get to Washington. We'll get to the Giants, obviously, because they were also in the news at that. Yeah, there's always there's yeah. always news of Russell Wilson maybe going to the Giants. Yeah, but if you're the Giants, we're going to do we're going to again do a quarterback swap, which I don't think is necessary. I think you ride with Daniel Jones, like <laughs> maybe we'll back up Rodgers. 
no, no shot. Neither one of those egos will survive. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, the name that's go- the team that's going to be interesting here, and I'm just going to kind of leave it at this. It's going to be interesting. This we talked about him a ton, but and I don't think he ends up here. But like the name of the quarterback market to keep an eye on this offseason is going to be Cleveland because it's pretty pretty apparent that they're not going to ride Joe Flacco. That well, right, but it's also apparent that if there's anything really within this, whether it was Flacco to even like the week of PJ Walker and to a lesser degree the second week of the two with DTR is that Deshaun was a very big overpay and you you need him, right? But you don't need him. <laughs> so Let's dream a little bit. Yeah. What would you think of an AFC championship game? Browns, Joe Flacco taking on the Ravens. Oh, it's very possible. I don't think people realize how possible. How will Ravens fans feel? But they I mean, they the gotta tough, like Joe tough, Flacco, right? The tough part with that is though, as after that opening week, right, the wild card weekend and the reshuffle, it's very possible they beat the divisional round and not the semi or not the not the championship. So, I mean, I'd be with it. I would be with it. It's true. That's for sure. Um, but either way, let's uh, let's get to the FC East, where the other two quarterback. Uh, changes have come about today. Um, <coughs> we'll start with the Washington one because I think there's slightly more meat there than the Giants one. Um, no disrespect to you guys. I just think that was just more obviously a Tyrod's healthy, so they're going to kind of play him type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Washington's one that's interesting. Sam Howell bench for the final two weeks. Kobe Brissett will get the starts. Um, been a rough few weeks for Sam Howell, but I don't know – there's a lot of fishy stuff, in my opinion, happening with this quarterback swap. Um, feels like a, albeit long shot, effort of Ron Rivera trying to save his job, if you will. Um, also feels like Ron is trying to maybe do some personal accolade salvaging as well. Uh, if he loses, I think, one more game, he he can only finish at 500 in his coaching career as of right now. Overall. Overall. Um it's I, I look, and here's the thing, and I need to pull up my phone because I didn't write the stat down, but I do have it on my phone, ready to go for you. So Nick, you un, you do know the Cleveland Brown quarterback thing, the jersey, right? That since 2000, they had at one point 20 starting quarterbacks, and now that's up to like 24. But really? since they since they were able to reestablish, uh, they were able to. Um, they were able to, to kind of buoy themselves with Baker there for, for the little bit and everything and uh, make it work. So, uh, since 2000, the Washington football franchise has had 28 starting quarterbacks 2000. Now with the Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> most in the NFL. They are in order, and I'm not going to go exact years here, but since 2000, Brad Johnson, Jeff George, Oh, come on. There you go. Tony Banks, Danny Warfel, Shane Matthews, Tim Hasselbeck, Pat Ramsey, Mark Brunell, Todd Collins, Jason Campbell, Donovan McNabb, Rex Grossman, John Beck, Robert Griffin III, Kirk Cousins, Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson, Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, Garrett Gilbert, Carson Wentz, Sam Howell, and now Jacoby Brissett. Who's your favorite? 
I mean, probably RG3 still, to be completely honest, but. You like that? For, for a team that is in transition, and I get it, but I I stand by this because now it sounds like they're going to be drafting a quarterback in the draft, and we've been over this a ton. Not a fan of any of the quarterbacks coming out of college this year. The team just needs stability under center. Like, this is not solving it, you know, and it's very apparent that this is the last breath of the Dan Snyder era in Washington occurring because it's still his guy running the show in Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just sucks that we're dealing with this still as Washington fans and the franchise, but here we are. And, look, I get it. Sam Howell has not looked good the past couple weeks and everything. I, I get it. But, like, he, he ain't going to learn by on the bench in this situation, I, in my mind anyway. He's not going to. So, look, do you? I'm the Jacoby Brissett guy. I think, you know, we can go back to the tapes since we – started doing the podcast that I think there was a couple stops on the way. He got unjustly shoved out the door, like Indianapolis, for example. And um, now he's going to have another shot. Hopefully, you know, if it's not if it's not a starting job somewhere, you're, you're more or less in contention to be the starter going into a spot next year. So it's just stupid. I don't know. Yeah, that's like four or five times I've seen this year they've said a guy – He's going to be the starter the rest yeah. of the year. They told that to Sam Howell, yep. and it doesn't happen. I think right. they said it to Josh Dobbs, too. Yeah. It's like, what does that even mean anymore? Nothing. You're going to be the starter the rest of the year. It means nothing. No, it's just a boost of confidence for that time. Mm-hmm. But, no, I wouldn't believe anyone that says that anymore. So, I think that we know what Brissett is. Oh, let him finish the year. Oh, I don't, I don't get it. And then the last one uh, before we get to our picks, Giants make a move, which I said uh, before I, we got to the Howell thing. I, it's the lesser of the three to me only because of well, if Tommy DeVito came in and did a really good job of what the situation was. But once Tyrod came back fully healthy and kind of showed himself, I think, last week, this weekend, I think you had to make the move. Again, a little bit different circumstance than I get, right? You, Paul, you just said about how a young guy has sword. And I did. I get it. But. DeVito's not the future in New York. We, we, we know that, you know. Um, so I, I expected it, right? I mean, Tyrod's going to give him the best chance to quote-unquote uh, win, even though it shouldn't be, I, I'd say, the goal at this point for the Giants. Like them, like Washington, they're eliminated from playoff contention. And uh, obviously we can't, I'd say, tank, and you can't tank, but – you know, I, I think what this I think what this is doing is kind of I think showing more or less probably the skill guys who who is going to be around next year and who's not. You know, you're going to put the guy in who probably is going to show out and give them the opportunities a little bit better at this point. You know, um, like, frankly, the one name for me at the skill guy position is going to be put up or shelf time is going to be like Sterling Shepard for the next couple of weeks and. Even then, probably too late to save his job in New York as a Giant at this point, but who knows. So I think that's what the move more was for the Giants was more anything. It's like, okay, we'll put the guy in that we know can get the ball to the guys, and it's more or less in their hands at that point to, to show out. Yep. No, I'm all right with the move. I mean, just a couple more games. <laughs> we'd, love, we'd love to beat the, the Eagles the last week of the season because it's been a while since we right. beat the Eagles or the Cowboys. And they're going to be right around that five through 
you know, 10 pick area, depending on much they do win the rest of the way here. Uh, if you could give me the fifth pick right now, I'd take it, but <laughs> just want to see him play well the last couple weeks. Right. Disappointing year, obviously, after making the, winning a playoff game last year. Not just making the playoffs, winning a playoff mm-hmm. game. So it's difficult, disappointing setback for sure, but yeah, you got to move on. Speaking of moving on, let's get to our picks. It was a rough week for you, Nick. Unfortunately, really? seven and nine. Really, put up a put up a mean week on that one. I went ten and six. So, so I am now with the lead at one forty-five and ninety-six. You're trailing by three games, one forty-two and ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. Oh Let's no, you gotta go perfect to avoid that hundredth. Yeah. So first game Thursday night this week, the Browns hosting the Jets. Uh, the Browns are seven and a half point favorites. I, I'm I'm going the Browns here. I'm going Browns. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Joe Flacco revenge game. Yeah. Yeah. Technically speaking, you're right. Yeah. Trevor Simeon revenge game too. Is he a Brown? I don't <laughs> think he was. He's, these backups kind of all run together. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's Browns have had a lot of quarterbacks, so you never know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Saturday night this week. No Monday night football this week. That got moved to Saturday night. Uh, and it is Detroit at Dallas. Dallas six-point favorites. My favorite, the Thanksgiving game. Uh, you know, got to get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on a Cowboys game one more time. So uh, I'll go Dallas in this game. Got to win, man. You're, I got to win. You're taking Dallas. I got to win. Wow. Uh, I know that's a surprise to some I viewers. Think- I got. I got to try to come back yeah. on this. I. I. I'm. I, I'm not doing it. I'm taking Detroit here. Um, I know I'm a big, big Lions guy, but I personally think the Cowboys' kind of tough stretch here, quote unquote, is going to continue. I think they get this one. It. They haven't looked good the past couple weeks. Yeah. You know. I still an MVP favorite, front runner, Dak well, Prescott. Speaking of that, they get things going on Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, Miami at Baltimore. Baltimore three and a half point favorite at home. Give me Ravens. Too good. I think this is a really toss-up game, to be completely honest here. But I think I got to go with Baltimore, unfortunately. I want to see Miami get this game. But Great game. Why is it on one? I don't know. Apparently the flex didn't get done in time, allegedly, to move them to Sunday night. We'll get to that game, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. If that – Baltimore defense shows up with it against Sam Fran. It's obviously a slam dunk, but you don't you don't know. You don't know. I miss um, the London games. Yeah. What? <laughs> New England at Buffalo. Buffalo 12-point favorites. I, I'm taking Buffalo here. I'll say this. I do think New England covers the spread, but I think Buffalo just handles it and it moves on. I'll take the Bills. Yeah. Atlanta at Chicago. Chicago, three-point favorites. I got to take Chicago. Same. I'm not taking Atlanta. I thought you were about to do your why on me on that one. Yeah, I mean. I just can't. Again, I physically I I can't do why on Atlanta with you. Yeah. Um, Tennessee at Houston. Houston, four-and-a-half-point favorites. C.J. Stroud trending the right direction as we stand right now. Ryan Tannehill back under center for the Titans this week. (laughs) Great. Uh, I'll take Houston here, but I'm not a fan of it. I'll take Houston too. I'm yeah. Tennessee on the road. Meh. Yeah. Take Houston. 
this is a tough one for me as well. Vegas at Indy. Uh, the Colts are three and a half point favorites. Where are you going? The Colts have scorned me now multiple weeks in a row, various ways, shape, or form. So I, I'm gonna go Vegas, honestly. Ah, going Vegas too. Ah, you're hoping you'll catch me, catch me in the Y. <laughs> Uh, still in the one o'clock window. Carolina at Jacksonville. Jacksonville a touchdown favorite. Uh, Not look, playing great, but look, C.J. Beathard could be under center. I'm still going to take the Jags until Carolina really proves me otherwise fully at this point. Sure. <laughs> I'll take Jags too. Even though they did, I guess technically last last week, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just Carolina. Carolina, what you call it, actually played well last week. Yeah, but it's the Packers. <laughs> Uh, the Rams at the Giants. The Giants are five-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Rams. They should be. Go Rams. Give me the Rams. It's a good spread right there. I can't tell you how badly I want to take the Giants here. But I just I, – I think realistically I can't. I'm going to go Rams, but Giants cover. That's my, I think, potential hot take. It's not a Tyrod revenge game because Girl. that wasn't the L.A. team that punctured his lung. <laughs> Same facility now, but you're, you're right. Uh, the Cardinals at the Eagles. The Eagles 11-point favorites at home. Eagles. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of big spreads this week. Yeah. In addition to some tight ones, though, but there's a lot of big spreads this week. Speaking um, of spreads, uh, just quick, real sure, quick. Sure, sure. You taking uh, Celtics minus 17.5 tomorrow against the Pistons? Let's circle back to that. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus three at home. Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay as well. Yeah. I think they secure the South this weekend. So, uh, And then our last of the 1 o'clock window, the early window, San Fran at Washington. Washington, 13.5-point home dogs. <laughs> San Fran. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> San Fran. <laughs> Going to be a good one. You sure about that? Chase Young revenge game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pierre, if only Pierre Garçon was still around. Uh, only one game in the 405 slot of the late window. Pittsburgh at Seattle. Seattle is a three-and-a-half point favorite. Pirates Mariners, huh? Yeah, how about that? Uh, give, me the, give me the Mariners. Seahawks. Yeah, I'll ride the Seattle train as well. Mason Rudolph under center. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, 425, Chargers at the Broncos. Uh, at the time, and I looked, and the line still hadn't moved, so Denver's a three-and-a-half-point favorite still on the Chargers. I Chargers played well, but I like the Broncos. You'd be surprised how much they want to play without Wilson. Yeah, the wild part here is I think if – God, if it was even a backup, and I don't mean to dunk on the kid, if it was somebody other than Easton Stick, I'd be all about taking the Chargers here, but I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Cincinnati at Kansas City, the last of the late window. Kansas City is a seven-point favorite at home against the Bengals. Jake Browning did come down to earth a little bit last week, but I'll take the Chiefs. <sighs> so Patrick Mahomes has never beaten Bengals. Well, in the Joe Burrow era. I, I, I hate to do this. We've, we've agreed across the board, but I think he finally gets to beat the Bengals in the Joe Burrow era, but it's only because Joe Burrow's not playing. Yeah. 
I got to go Kansas City, unfortunately, here. Yeah, this would have been a great game. Yeah. Uh, and then Sunday night football, Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota, a point and a half favorite. What's the Monday night game? Uh, there is none. Oh, this is it? Yeah. Oh. Well, then you pick. Minnesota. Why, Paul? It's been a while since we yeah. made the why make the Sunday night or Monday night games, but uh, why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like either of these teams in this game. But what's Green Bay again? Like, I look, Green Bay's kind of gotten hot-ish at the right time, but like they haven't looked good. They probably again, even though contradicts kind of what I said, they really did their best to lose that game to Carolina. Green Bay will win this game because Jordan Love is better than Nick Mullins. All right. Give me the pack. Go, pack, go. How about that, then? So, All right. There are NFL picks. Locked. They couldn't move that game. They got to the flex option too late, I guess. Something, like, weird. I don't know. It's about tickets, you know, travel plans. So let's get to college. Uh, bowl mania, bowl season's kind of wind. Well, I say winding down, but there's a – I have to make a ton of picks here coming up, which we'll get to obviously in a second. But yeah. um, we have a kind of movement on the Florida State front, which is uh, the Florida Florida State and the ACC are suing each other. <laughs> which ACC suing them? Yeah. Which that was going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know how this is going to fully play out. I do know it's not going to be anything quick, though. It's probably going to be a I don't know about, like, years long, like, five-plus, but we're talking probably two- or three-year process here at least. Um, so, yeah, there's our update there. Other than that, no conference realignment stuff outside of, I guess, Washington State and Oregon State. Definitely got West Coast Conference. and um, <clears throat> They have a football conference? No, they don't. So, What's going on with football? So – yeah, we didn't talk about this, and we probably showed up a couple weeks ago when the news actually happened. But they'll so they're in an agreement with the Mountain West. They're not joining the Mountain West, but they have an agreement to have. They will play, I believe it's seven or so Mountain West teams every year, each Oregon State and Washington State, um, and those will count towards like their conference type thing Weird. for football. So they aren't keeping the name Pac two, obviously, but like they're they're gonna be recognized as like their own conference type. Really? Thing. Yeah, for next year. So, yeah, I think it works out well for them for for obviously a year thing. But they're joining the I West Coast. I don't know how long it's gonna survive in that sense. I've heard some. I've heard very and read interesting things about what the future might. Be of Washington State and Oregon State, um, and I think a lot of it is going to be what happens with the Florida State and ACC deal, um, because apparently Cal and Stanford are already looking to try and get out of the ACC. Really? Which is not surprising, but if Florida State is able to get around the grant of rights, uh, any team in the ACC is going to be able to get around the grant of rights. And for what it's – for what the conference is currently, the ACC is a very much so dead man walking in my mind, um, which sucks, again. Uh, obviously a very historic conference, but um, the conference kind of did it to themselves by kind of, frankly, you know, 
bending at the knee to your Florida States, your UNCs, your Dukes, your Clemsons, uh, you know, Miami when they did. Yeah. Uh, so, whatever. I don't know. Kind of sucks for our teams, but we'll cross that bridge in 2025 when we get to it. If yeah. Makes sense. So, a uh, couple things I do want to talk about with you uh, before I get to my picks. Uh, obviously, the Bulls the past week have been interesting. Not a ton of close games, a lot of blowouts. Um, we watched one bowl together. We did. Yes. What bowl was that? <laughs> Syracuse. That's Oh, yeah, that one. That, that happened uh, the last week. Yeah, that was a blowout. I'm just happy to hear that this <laughs> that the players had a fun time in Boca Raton. Hey, <laughs> so. this is rock bottom. It can only go up from here. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah, it ended up being a great recruiting for Syracuse in the early signing window. That happened last week, obviously, before uh, we got out. But, yeah, uh, do you want to talk about uh, – really, I think the main storyline kind of going forward involves Florida State within the bowl, bowl game week here, the rest of the week. Uh they have over 20 players opted out right now. Wow. Um, now, to be fair, Georgia has a lot opted out as well. But um, And I will save my pick, obviously, with this because I pick all the games during the Orange Bowl. But Georgia's an 18.5-point favorite, which That's a lot. Um, is, I believe – let me double-check here on the lines. Yeah, so it's the highest of this week. And I believe it's the highest of both season. I know – South I Alabama is. and Eastern Michigan closed at 17 and a half. I had South Alabama. I told you that game anyway was going to be like that. Um, but um, and it was one of only four wins I had last week. But, again, wow. we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. You're under 500 but, now. Yeah. Uh, what? Look, it's a big talking point. I, you know, I understand why some kids opt out. I, I get it. But, man, if this is not a black eye, though, you know, the Orange Bowl is one of the – it is a New Year's Six, but it's just historically one of the biggest bowls out there. And for it to be kind of put at the doormat this year of just kind of like two teams who could kind of care less, and I get it. They both have fair cases for feeling that way. But for the fact of the matter is, for what the bowl is, it's just like, God. Do, you, do they just not care? Like, and like I said, I get in certain cases. Like, I, I really do. But, like, even the kids going into the portal. Like, Rotomaker only said he was going into the portal, like, this week officially. Yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy. Haven't they been yeah. practicing? Right, yeah. They've been they practicing. just quit out in the middle of practice? Well, that's the thing, right? It's like, who – what was really going on behind the scenes? And that's stuff we, we may not see, which I get. But, like, at the same token, it's like – it's tough, especially for me. Like I said, I've, I've been one of the guys who've been like, hey, these kids should be allowed to transfer and stuff. Like I, But there's also a limit to it as well. But it's just one of those things where the state of college football right now with this is Florida State's, I think, unfortunately, the, the head of it where it's like, okay, like, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, it's just not – it's not a good luck, really. No, not at all. Um, yeah, it's just that game's on uh, – Monday, yeah, and the Orange Bowl is one of the no, big. Orange Bowl Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. It's one of the big bowls, and they just, and that's the problem with, with a lot of these big schools playing in these bowl games that are uh-huh. not part of the playoff. Right. They just don't care. These are supposed to be the best teams that didn't make the playoffs, and the best bowls that aren't the championship right. bowls, and 
Huh? You got people on James Madison that seem to care more about the Bulls than yeah. Florida State, which is yeah. kind of ridiculous. So just it's not a good look for Bull Mania, that's we, for sure. And we don't mean a shot, obviously, especially us. Like We're the one podcast who I feel like we – you know, maybe me more so than you, but I bang the drum for these smaller schools. We don't mean a shot at them by saying it that way, but it's just the fact of the matter. Like, you see more guys, and JMU did have guys opt out too of their bowl game, right, because they're transferring. But, yeah. like, they – I think it was only, like, two kids opted out. Like – Instead of, like, 20. Right. Like, you see that stuff everywhere. And to go back to that point too, like, part of the transfer portal is, like, you can still play in the bowl game, like if you so choose, and if your coach still so chooses. As far as I know, Norvell has allowed them to to play if they wanted to play. It's also football is probably the number one team family atmosphere, right? And you don't want to finish the job. You put right. all this hard work into right. the season, and you don't want to finish the season out. Right. Basically, they quit. Yeah. And you know they could say whatever they want when the transfer portal, you know, opted out for injury or whatever. Then they're getting ready for the draft. You quit on the season. Basically, that's in my mind, yeah. and that's what they do here. That's what they all did. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Before I get to the actual picks, uh, college football playoff. Uh, let's see the Rose Bowl, which is up first in this somehow, is Alabama and Michigan. Um, give Nick Saban a month to prepare. You have Jim Harbaugh and a very pissed off organization going at each other. You have the Sugar Bowl between Texas and Washington, where uh, one team feels like they for sure belong within it. The other team. Uh, they feel that way. Others may not. Uh, so it will be very interesting. Uh, nobody that I'm aware of on any of those teams is opting out. It's full bear. They're they're all going for it in these games. Yeah, it's a championship and, on the line. Right. And it's, you know, obviously now that we're 30 feet away or, you know, 3,000 feet away from it, this might be one of the better Final Fours we got. But I don't know how I really feel about the actual proc on fields will play out because – Obviously, for me, I'm not going to say my picks because I get to them, obviously, when I do mine. But, um, you know, I just feel like – I feel like the two teams that we know should be there, that there was no dispute on them being in there. And I might be alone in this. I feel like they are just viably better than the other two teams that they're facing. Really? You know, yeah. Um, I probably will disagree. Uh, you have every right to. I think, <laughs> I think these three games are going to be awesome games. Oh, for sure. I think it's going to be great final, great championship. Last year of the Final Four, obviously we're going to get the Final Four again. Right. It's just going to be a f- couple rounds before now. But at the last year of this format, I think it's going to end it with a bang. Unfortunately, I think Alabama might be the threat to win it all. But here's what I think is going to – are we making picks? Am I making a pick? Yeah, you can make I you can make your pick. I'm with I'm withholding mine to get to where I have it. I mean, I think the better game, the better product game we're gonna get is the Washington Texas game. And you know how I I advocate for this all the time. I think these games should be on New Year's Eve every year. But I get it. We switch it every other year. Yeah. They switch to the Rose Bowl and then I get it. I just love it when these games are on New Year's Eve better. Uh, but to make my picks, I think Alab- they're both going to be great games. It's going to be close. I think Alabama will beat Michigan okay. because the Big Ten is trash, and I will always say that. And unfortunately, I think Texas is going to squeak out a win over Washington. So I think both undefeated teams are going down. 
So and I know we don't want to make our picks too early, but just to say my pick, I think Texas beats Alabama again, and Texas so, is so, back. Uh, so on the record, you are saying Texas is, in fact, back. We'll win the national title this year. Wow. All right, so I have to rail through 21 bowl games to pick here quickly, so I'm going to do this as rapid fire as I can. The military bowl, which is going on right now, I have not looked. I have no idea what's going on in this game. I Virginia Tech minus 11.5, though. Tulane gutted through portal, opt-outs, Willie Fritz. What are you, what are you saying? Uh, military bowl, Tech minus 11.5, Virginia Tech. Last time I left, yeah. Tulane picked up a scoop and score, and it's 7 nothing Tulane. Last time I checked. Last time not, I checked. Not good for me then. So uh, <laughs> that's where I start military bowl with Virginia Tech minus 11.5. The Dukes-Mayo Bowl, UNC and West Virginia. I'm taking West Virginia minus 6. Holiday Bowl, Louisville, USC. I'm taking Louisville minus six and a half. Again, a lot of opt-outs on the USC team. The Texas Bowl, Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. I'm going with the Pokes, minus three and a half against the Aggies. Fenway Bowl, SMU, Boston College, nine and a half, laying that with SMU. Pinstripe Bowl, Rutgers and Miami. Taking the Scarlet Knights, minus two and a half. The Pop-Tarts Bowl, North Carolina State and Kansas State. I'm taking the Wolfpack, plus two. The Alamo Bowl, Arizona and Oklahoma. I'm taking Oklahoma plus three. The Gator Bowl, Clemson and Kentucky. I'm taking Clemson minus five. We get to the Sun Bowl here, Oregon State and your Notre Dame fighting Irish, Nick. I'm taking the Irish minus six and a half. I just think their opt-outs, despite big, are less than what's been going on at Oregon State. So I'm going to go with the fighting Irish there. The Liberty Bowl, Memphis and Iowa State. I'm taking Memphis plus ten and a half. The Cotton Bowl Classic, Missouri and Ohio State. I'm taking Missouri plus three over Ohio State, the Peach Bowl, Ole Miss, and Penn State. I'm taking Ole Miss plus four and a half. The Music City Bowl, Auburn and Maryland, Auburn minus six and a half. The Orange Bowl, Georgia and Florida State, which we already talked about, doing Georgia minus 18 and a half there. The Arizona Bowl, Toledo and Wyoming. Wyoming minus three is what I'm going with there. The ReliQuest Bowl, Wisconsin and LSU, minus 10 with the Tigers. The Fiesta Bowl, Liberty and Oregon. I'm taking Oregon minus 16. The Citrus Bowl, Iowa and Tennessee, taking Tennessee by six and a half. When we finally get to the Rose Bowl, Alabama and Michigan, I'm taking Michigan minus one and a half. And then the Sugar Bowl, Texas and Washington, I'm taking Washington plus four. All right. Now, before you make there's that your championship pick, because I want to hear who you sure. um, Mayonnaise, disgusting. Uh, only when it's on a burger. Okay. Uh, you weren't a lot, a lot of Big Ten teams you're not a fan of either, I've noticed. And, uh, there were some opt outs. And you took the minus 18 and a half yeah. for, for, uh, Georgia. Yeah. Interesting. But Washington, Michigan is your championship. Yep. Who's winning it all, Paul? I think the Pac 12 goes out on a high note. Wow. Give me the Huskies. But we'll, we'll obviously be here next week to predict that. So. But you don't think Penix is a good quarterback in the pros? I think he's the most pro ready. I mean, he's who I would draft. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here and over there. A couple minutes here before we get out. Uh, spoiler alert time. The quick review of sort of the Iron Claw, which is what the movie we went and saw, Nick, on Christmas night. So five seconds here for everybody to, if they're watching live, to either dip away or if you're catching up any time, to, to pause. And, or we'll see you next week. So, we'll see you next week. So uh, five, four, three, two, and one. So the Iron Claw, uh, about the Von Erich family in wrestling, a uh, bit of a biopic type movie. I think it technically, I guess, is. Um, yeah, I you know, I'm not a big wrestling guy. I know you aren't either, Nick. But for me, I knew about the Von Erich family, just kind of like one of those sports families that 
Um, obviously, I don't put them maybe on the level necessarily of like the Earnhardts, but if you don't know about NASCAR, you, you know about the Earnhardt family, no matter what uh, type deal. Um, really great movie. I, you know, I'm not incredibly big on like Zac Efron, but... Yeah, weren't, a, you weren't a fan of High School Musical? <laughs> but, well... But what just what great acting he he had as Kevin Von Erich. Yeah. Um unfortunately really the only brother to I don't I don't know if how to really phrase it outside of kind of survive the curse, if you will, of the Von Erich family. Uh really I thought did a pretty good, accurate job of really portraying most of the stuff that happened. Um you know uh, this is a bit of a big part of the movie here. I know they excluded one brother from the film because um, I believe, as even the director and producer said, like, if we put one more tragedy in this movie, it's just not going to be good. Like, you know, so. And did you know his death was actually uh, Carrie's death in the movie? Yes. They, they well, sort of. Carrie's death was a combo of the two. Yeah. I know Carrie, Carrie's death was... Carrie's death was so the other the brother way, and the way it was done was the way Carrie died. The other brother was Chris. Correct. Yes, he was the youngest. Yes, all died before the, the father died. Yeah, the father died actually four years after Carrie. Died. I've never wanted, and it was a great job. I forget the actor's name at the time. I had to portrayed Fritz, the patriarch. But uh, my God, I've I've never wanted to fight somebody more in a movie than like him. Just, he did a good I mean, job. Like yeah, just a really bang up job. That was a great movie. Very sad movie. Yeah. Unfortunately. It, it was, it, it got you in every emotion. It really did. There were moments that you laughed. There were moments that made you happy. It's sad, everything. Shout out to Mara Tierney, by the way, who, like, I don't know if you know her, but, like, really great actor as well, who, um, she was, who? The mother. The mother. Doris. Um, really great actor. I, know her from like er semi-pro she's in a ton of different stuff uh she's not like a that guy actor uh but just a really really great actor and the fact that she popped up in that movie i was like very excited for uh lily james i thought did a really great job as pam kevin's wife um i forget his name his actual name lip from shameless yeah uh james allen god so do i it's not good lip from shameless yes uh he did a great job carrie yeah yeah uh zach afron probably his best movies ever had yeah yeah Yeah, it's definitely better than dirty grandpa uh (laughs) wow yeah as much as we love robert de niro but uh uh no but great acting it was just great acting just overall, great movie. I, I when I left the theater, I gave it an eight point eight out of ten. I probably put it nine point two. I put it a nine and a half. I didn't. I didn't think it missed in a That's ton. That's two of spots. movies in a row. You've done nine and a half. Yeah, I didn't think it missed in a ton of spots. I mean, obviously, no more. No movie in my mind can ever be outright like perfect, perfect, right? But you know, the past couple, I went and saw Godzilla minus one, which I think we kind of we didn't talk about like review style, but um, me and Matt went. So I know you didn't, obviously. Or else, you know, you would have been there with us. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, both of it's 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 weird, you know, coming out of the, the the strike and everything. And I know, you know, I'm not too sure about the next movie. I know the next movie I really want to see, and I know you and Matt are at minimally intrigued by his Ferrari. I don't know how much that was affected by it, but with the writer strike and everything, I know actually their claw was allowed to still be made during the strike because the guild. And uh, the production company, A24, who has really come on the scene here recently the past couple of years, 
uh, at least prominently speaking, they've been around for a while. In this, you know, uh, I'd say in the mainstream, but uh, they've had a really good, I think, rapport with each other. I think A twenty four has done a really good job of allowing actors to kind of they have stuff come up right there that it's kind of free motion, so they allowed them to to still work on the movie through. Uh, because production for the movie didn't start until pretty much November, October 2022. I mean, this was done in about a year or so, wow. um, give or take. So uh, just a really great job that worked through kind of the stuff at that time, what's been going on right now, obviously. And, um, yeah, uh, just really good stuff. I mean, there was certain stuff, too, I think um, – I wouldn't quite call it historical, like, conflicts, but just certain stuff like the ESPN deal, kind of, you know, just the background of what I knew. I was just like, eh, it's not entirely accurate. And, it, look, it's Hollywood. Stuff's going to be twisted a little bit and stuff. So, and I, like I said. That's the difference between base right. and inspired. Right, right. It was inspired by a true story. Right. I, it just, to me, though, like I said, it was about as close to being a perfect movie as you can kind of get, you know, so. Yeah, and – uh Screen was cut off a little bit at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> but I don't know if this ever happened, but we had the whole theater to ourselves. That's the second movie back-to-back for me. So, And the movie's been great. Yeah, so. Hey, maybe we'll get lucky. Nobody's at Ferrari, and we go and <laughs> if we get the recliners. Get lucky. Shout out Geneva yeah. Movieplex. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that will do it then for Great for sports movie. Today. We'll, we'll get, Nick, we'll get you back on your way here uh, in a second. But who are you shouting out? The final shout-out of 2023. Yeah, final shout-out. It's probably the same one every year. I'll shout-out our friend Andrew. Birthday. It's true. I forgot about that. Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. I'd probably shout him out every year at this time. But uh, shout-out Tiger Woods, Carson Wentz, LeBron James, Andrew Luchessi, all have the same birthday. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Shout-out Andrew. Not as great as me who shares it with some guy named Derek Jeter and Jason Kendall, though. <laughs> the sure would. Pete Rose. There you go. Greatest hitter of all time. Mm-hmm. Behind McCutcheon. But, uh, and Ichiro. And Ichiro. Uh, but, yeah, shout out, Andrew. So, all right, everybody. Appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. We will see everybody, Nick, in 2024. Uh, have a great year. Happy New Year, everybody. Next we'll year. See <laughs> there it is. So, uh, we'll <laughs> talk with everybody next Wednesday. Until then, enjoy. Be safe. Have fun. Everybody.